Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too. With my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. I think the Twins are the best story in baseball right now. They've gone from having no pitching to having the best rotation in the major leagues, at least for now. And that's without the guy they signed to be their ace, Sonny Gray. I think it's a remarkable story. Of course, we're talking here on Thursday morning after one of their their worst games of the season, but they're still in great shape. They're in first place. Let's get into all of the Twins' uh, actions and ramifications with Lavelle Enil III. I'm Jim Suhan. Roy Smalley is also part of the show. He is off this week. Uh, This is Chin Music. This is part of our uh, TalkNorth.com sports lineup. We also have outdoor content. We also have variety content. We're adding some big names. We do appreciate you listening. Lavelle, just, uh, let's just start with kind of the big picture. Uh, I didn't know – at the end of last year, I didn't know what they were going to do for a rotation. Even as of a month ago, I wasn't sure they had much of a rotation. Somehow they have been making it work. Uh, what's happening here? Well, um, last night um, – Notwithstanding, I just think right. that the the one thing's just up to me is that the young guys, um, Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, uh, have taken another step. I don't know if you want to call it a half step or a full step, but they continue to progress. Uh, the more experience they get in the majors, and it's looking rather delightful, to be honest with you. Uh, Ryan was so fastball intense up a year ago. Now he's come up with a slider that he he believes in. He's mixing in that more. He's mixing that pitch in more. Uh, and uh, just as always, his overall aggressiveness and the willingness to fill the strike zone, I think, really serves him well. Bailey Ober is similar to that um, tall guy, already, you know, got one of the longer wingspans, throwing the ball to home plate in the league, and um, he's another guy who's benefiting from from being aggressive and uh, being able to, you know, get through two times through the order. I think that's just been a huge plus. Um, for them, uh, we were still waiting to see just how effective Sonny Gray is going to be over the long haul. He's missed the last two and a half weeks because of a hamstring strain. Um, and we also seen Chris Archer um, be be solid. You know, he hasn't been able to go deep into games yet. Um, Rockles pulled him in the fourth inning a couple times, but uh, he still has that trusty slider uh, and he's throwing 94 mile an hour heaters and it's 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 serving him well. I mean, um, the tr- trade for Paddock looks like uh, they've got a guy there who, who they can work with a little bit. Um, he definitely has a high quality changeup, and um, he tries trying to spin a breaking ball up there, and it's it's working uh, a lot of the time. It hasn't been perfect for him, but uh, you're seeing him kind of put his pitching game together. So there's you know, there's a semblance here uh, of a reliable staff. Um, I was always skeptical of Dylan Bundy. Um, even when he was pitching well in spring training, even when he got up to the fast start, um, he's throwing like 90 mile an hour fastballs and he has to have pinpoint accuracy. And even then, uh, he may still risk getting hit a little bit. So, and we thought we were starting to see that. And it's also good to see Josh Winder get some experience in the majors as well. Winder was supposed to get caught up last year, 
um, but he uh, had an injury issue and they shut him down. But you see the skill here, there. You see the talent in that arm. And um, it's been it, a lot of things have fallen into place, Jim. But the, for the most part, it's been, well, you know, uh, uh, Ryan was a, a, a product of a trade, but it's been guys who have like been in their minor league system that are kind of propping this thing up. Yeah, and uh, and the trades for Ryan and uh, and for Paddock look really good right now. Look like they identified people that they could work with. Uh, let's get into hey, let's get into the whole roster. Everything that's going on with the Twins right now, including uh, Miguel Sano and Jeffers and everybody else. We do want to thank Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. Also want to thank Perfect Ash, Lavelle's favorite place to hang out, and TSR Injury Law. We'll tell you more about them later. Also, uh, the Twins are good. It's going to be a really fun summer to talk baseball with Lavelle and Roy. If you'd like to uh, sponsor the show, if you'd like to have advertising on the show, reaching our audience, you can reach out to our sales executive, Karen Cleary, K-C-L-E-A-R-Y, at TalkNorth.com. What... Do you expect from Sonny Gray? How soon do you think he's going to be back, and and how ready will he be to actually like pitch deep into games? Well, it sounds like Sonny is going to pitch for St. Paul sometime this weekend, and if that goes well, then he'll be in a rotation um, a little bit after that. And you know, I he was he was dealt uh, he was dealt here uh, with the Reds. Oh boy, are they a fire sale right now. Um, oh <laughs> but uh, he came here uh, with the belief, everybody believed that he was going to be the one to, to lead this rotation. He was a veteran arm, crafty guy, um, uh, quality arm, you know, not a not a classic number one starter, but in this team, he'd have to play that role. And uh, you you expect to see Sonny Gray come in and throw a lot of strikes and, and stay ahead of hitters and then, and um, it's probably going to be like April, though. Uh, you can't expect him to start going six innings and throwing 90 pitches right off the bat. He'll probably be, you know, limited to 70 pitches or so at the beginning as the Twins be over. The Twins will continue to be overly cautious with their pitchers the first month of the season. We've seen a lot of carnage across the league in terms of pitchers breaking down. And uh, the Twins are just starting to let their starting pitchers throw 80 pitches in the game. So I expect um, them to a slow build with Gray. Uh, as he gets a base under him. But then you'll see a guy who you're going to look at him pitch. You're going to see how he commands uh, himself on the mound. You're going to say, yep, that guy is a, a number two starter on a good team. Yeah, yeah, which which would be a, a, another good acquisition if it ends up playing out that way and good to have somebody with some experience to balance the kids. All right, let's get into Miguel Sano. Uh, he is, you know, terrible start. Uh, look completely clueless at the plate. Now he's on the injured list, and the Twins have a lot of young hitters in the system. Uh, they have Luis Sarais hitting the ball very well right now. They have Larnick kind of holding his own. Uh, what is the future for Miguel Sano right now? Um, I think it's very cloudy, Jim. Um, the one thing, while the pitching staff was doing well coming out of the uh, out of the gate here, the offense was terrible for the first couple weeks of the season, and Rocco started trying to figure out ways to get or Lou Riso his bat in the in the uh, in the lineup more often. And we're seeing some guys starting to heat up. But um I think Rocco's looking for offense right now. Miguel for the second straight year has gone off to a bad start. And this year's start is worse than the start last year. I think he began like batting 118 right out of the shoot. And I think he's under 100 right now. Um um he's not driving the ball. He's been trying to shoot the ball tops of the field, but it hasn't worked out a lot. 
um, I think there's some growing impatience there. Um, there's a belief that his knee injury isn't really that 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 bad and that the Twins are going to use this time to um, uh, get him healthy. And I think he's going to spend a lot of time at St. Paul after he's recovered from this surgery. And I think they're going to take a good long look at Jose Miranda because they may decide to uh, bounce Miranda between first and third and Luis uh, between first, third and second. Um, moving forward here. This is Miranda's big shot to show that he can be part of this lineup and contribute to this offense right away. I think Sano's career in Minnesota is in doubt. Um, I, I Once he gets healthy, he's going to have to show some immediate improvement, or I do not see any reason why the Twins would pick up his option going into the 2023 season. Yeah, I think he would have to have a crazy good year from this point out to, for them to pick up the option. The interesting thing is going to be just how much they play. He's, <clears throat> he's a catch-22 player in that to get value out of him, you have to suffer through the slumps and just hope and expect that his good streaks will, you know, will produce enough power. I mean, and that's the thing is that over the last couple of years, as bad as his slumps have been, you get to the end of the year and he's got like a 770 OPS and he's hit home runs and he's drawn some walks and he ends up being somewhat valuable, even though the, the slumps are horrific to watch. Uh, but man, if you, but you have to play him a lot. You have to let him get in a groove. You have to let him work through his slumps to get any value out of him. And I don't know if this team is going to be that patient with him this year. I mean, he had an off season without any drama. He lost 20 mm-hmm. pounds. He was in pretty solid shape at the beginning of the year. You're like, okay, this is going to be the year that um, he is going to turn it on and and become a 900 OPS guy in that batting order. And it has not happened. And I I just don't know how much, how much more patient uh, they can be with him. Um, after uh, living with the ups and downs, he was okay last year when he got after he got benched and when he got marginalized, ended up facing left-handers only. Uh, then when Nelson Cruz was traded, he ended up getting more at bats and was actually halfway decent after that. I don't know if you can get that opportunity this time this year. I I really don't. So um, it's too bad because you know he was a ballyhoo signing at you know, age eighteen and came up through the system and showed a lot of promise. Showed, I mean legitimate 40 home and power once he gets it all together, but he's never gotten it all together. But, you know, I'm looking at his splits right here and he's a career 210 hitter in April and he's a career 228 hitter in May. And he's a career 224 hitter in June. And then July he heats up to 262. You know, um, you can't just sit there and wait half a season for him to get going every year. You know, you guys start looking at some other options and Miranda is a good fit for this lineup because, He's a contact guy who draws walks and does not strike out a ton. He still strikes out some, but not a ton. And that's a good fit for this particular lineup because there's there's a few swing and miss guys in here. So um, I think uh, Miranda's going to be an attractive option here going forward. Brandon, uh, by the way, our producer is Brandon Morton. Thanks for his work. Uh, Brandon, one of the things I like about having Lavelle on the show is sometimes he has the vocabulary of a man with a handlebar mustache in 1872. He just said ballyhooed. I love ballyhooed. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we should have some, uh, you know, I, I think we should start, when we insult people, we should call them nincompoops. 
<laughs> or idiots. Or <laughs> just idiots. <laughs> just idiots. I call people idiots, but I, I think you can do better. I think anybody who says Ballyhood can come up with something better than uh, than idiot. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's let's shift here. Let's uh, once again thank you to Corona for being the uh, presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show, and now let's hear about Perfect Ash. You know what, uh, l- ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls, um, <laughs> it's golf season. Uh, it's going to be 70 degrees this weekend and people are going to be hitting the links and there's nothing like being able to play around a golf with a wonderful cigar uh, at your disposal. And you can go to the perfect ash located in Grove Heights and choose from over 340 different brands and styles of cigars in its wonderfully spacious humidor. Uh, and if you don't want to go play golf, you can sit in the lounge in a leather chair and watch golf on one of their six big screen televisions and have conversations with other like-minded individuals. That is the perfect gash located in Invergrove Heights near the, the uh, Walmart and not far from the Invergrove brewery. Thanks also to TSR injury law, 612 TSR time. We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hurt at work? Yeah. How about if I was hit by a truck? Yes. It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. One of the most obvious things I can say is something I still feel compelled to say because it's so true. Uh, When I watch the Twins and Buxton is in the lineup, they look like one of the best teams and most entertaining teams in baseball. And when I watch the Twins and Buxton's not in the lineup, I go, what else is on TV tonight? <laughs> I know you get that feeling, right? Uh, he was not in the lineup uh, on on uh, Wednesday night um, because uh, it was a scheduled day off, and it's go- they're going to f- they're going to schedule some of these days off uh, in here now and then, uh, just in their attempt to keep Buxton, you know, sharp and healthy, and uh, and not try to run him down in the ground too much. So. Um, and it's, it, it is a different lineup when he's not around. You don't have that speed. You don't have that, that potential, you know, first inning thunder from him at the top of the order. Uh, you don't have the guy who's going to patrol center field and run everything down. Um, you definitely lose something when he's not on the field. And that's, that's what happens when you, when you, when you have a player who's capable of putting up a five or six war, um, when he's not in the lineup, it's very noticeable. You, you can't help it. Um, but, you know, um, considering the, the injury scare he had in April, uh, you can understand why the Twins are going to be careful, careful with him. Um, I just like, yeah, I was just like seeing him facing. I, I view facing Baltimore a favorable matchup every day of the week, and I just like to see him pound on bad pitching. Uh, so it's unfortunate this was the time for him to get, uh, to, to get a break. But the guy, look, look at the long term, man. Um, it's too many times. That we've seen, you know, Buxton get on a roll here, and all of a sudden something happens to him. He's got to sit out of the lineup for a few days. So this is a, a better alternative. And and you mentioned all the offensive things they're missing, the speed and the power when he's not in the lineup. Also, it just seems like every time Buxton isn't in center field, you see one, two, three balls fall in that you know he would have caught. I know, I know, and uh, you know they had the, you know Celestino's not a bad defensive he's not, center fielder. No, he's but, a good fielder, but he's just not Buxton. No, then neither is Kepler. When Kepler is in yeah. center field for Buxton, he's not. He's no Buxton either, either. And actually, two positions are weak. Positions are weakened because he's been yep. taken out of right field to play center. But yeah, you're like Byron gets there, you know, or Byron's on top of that. 
or Byron's going to throw that guy out, you know, because he's got the powerful arm as well. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just like it's so noticeable when he's not around. But you know what? Uh, you got to be careful with the guy. You want to yeah. you want you want to see this guy what he if he could play 140 games. You want to see what the numbers look not like because it it could be frightening. No doubt about it. I'm not even second guessing their willingness to rest them. I'm just saying I just miss not seeing him out there. It's just that simple. Uh, and you know what? The one thing Buxton has showed off his speed, his range, his fielding, uh, his power. Uh, the one thing that I think is still on the table for him in terms of improvement is he has a great arm. I mean, he threw he threw a hundred mile an hour fastball as a high school pitcher without a, basically without a windup. The the arm is there. I think. I would like to see him become a Dave Parker like force who just shuts down, you know, people from even trying to run on him. And I, I don't think he's gotten there yet. I don't think his accuracy has been quite what it could be yet. No, not 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 really. Um and I think that this is something that's actually uh plagued him from time to time during his career, that uh he would throw home and you see the ball slide, mm-hmm. the see the ball slice away from home plate yep. and and miss his mark. And uh, almost to a point where you want him to see if he could just take a little bit off his throw so he can improve um, uh, his accuracy. Or, you know, uh, good outfielders, you know, Torrey Hunter was good at knowing the the arc and the, and the trajectory of his throws. And he would, he would factor in curvature and, and, the button, and the throw would be right on the button by the time he got to home plate. So, uh, you know what, Jim? Uh, one thing about today's baseball, you know, when we covered ball in the 90s, they would come out pregame and get throwing in. The outfielders would throw, the infielders would throw, everybody would throw, and they would uh, be on point by the time the first pitch is thrown. And they don't do that anymore. You don't see the the, the fielding practice before games like you used to. Um, you know, and, and players have successfully lobbied to say, "Ah, oh, my arm is so sore from all this practice throwing." You know, and and now they don't do it as much. And I think it it it, it hampers. Some people, when it's, especially when they're trying to set up relay plays or trying to throw someone out of home plate. No doubt about it. And Tory Tory did not. I think Buxton's arm is stronger than Tory's was, but Tory had just a great combination of very good arm strength and accuracy, and he worked his worked like crazy on it as well. He really took pride in it. Absolutely, he did. Uh, he loved the throw. Um, he loved throwing people out, and. Uh, and uh, he, um, that would be one area that you know he probably would be able to give some give some some advice to the still young Byron Buxton, um, I believe. So, uh, but yeah, you you want to see Buxton just be the all around force uh, that you think he can be, and that includes you know using his arm to create outs and prevent runs in the field. So, beginning of this year, and we all are capable of overreacting to statistics especially offensive statistics early in the season when they probably don't mean a lot but you know Jeffers has been thought of as a defensive catcher he started the year in, in a slump maybe he was a little hurt, injured uh the way he's swinging the bat the last week or so I don't know man maybe maybe there's a good offensive player in there maybe he he turns that catching position into an offensive force again like it was when Garber was uh you know driving the ball over the fence a couple of years ago you know what I, I people believe that Jeffers is going to develop some power and show off some power, the more experience he got. And I know he was fired up this off season to get work in, to come back next year, which is this year and, and, and prove that he 
has taken the next step forward in his development. And you're starting to see that a little bit. Um, I don't see any reason why. Jeffers is 6'4". He's like 240 pounds. I don't see any reason why he can't hit 25 homers a year. And I think uh, in this spot, in the spot he's in right now, being the number one catcher on this team, he definitely can do it. He hit, he hit 14 homers in 85 games last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a pace that's almost at 20 right away, but he only batted at 199. That was the problem. But uh, the average is up a little bit now this year, yeah, but you, you see the pop. So I, I'm i encouraged. Um, his OPS is up to 758, so that's another encouraging sign. Once you get in that 770 range, you're not doing too shabby. Um, Especially for all. a catcher who can play defense. Right, right. So he just, I, just, I just think he can – the more uh, bats he gets in the majors and the more pitches he gets to see that he's going to be able to be more selective. He's going to learn not to miss a pitch when he gets it. And I, I think he's going to do some damage. So we are watching a very interesting twins team. Uh, we've already yes. talked about the pitching and Duran's going to be a blast to watch and Buxton's great, but it, you know, we're talking about 2022. The ball is not flying over the fence at the rate it has in the last few years. Uh, I see a lot of you know stories from people we trust writing about how the baseballs are a little weird this year. They're deader than usual. Uh, they're inconsistent ballpark to ballpark. We're kind of seeing something closer to dead ball era baseball than we've seen in a while. And I wonder if that plays to this team's strengths. Because you know what? When Buxton gets a hold of one, it doesn't matter whether it's a live ball or a dead ball. It's going over the fence. Same with some of the other power hitters on the team. But this team is also capable – of running the bases, going first to third, you know, creating runs and winning low-scoring games. I wonder if the baseball, you know, the, the hard ball played uh, into the Twins perfectly in 2019. Maybe a deader ball will actually play into this team's hands in 2022. That is a very interesting theory there, um, and it, I think it carries some weight. Um, and Rocco actually talked about this because I asked him about – uh, do you have any theories on why scoring is down? Because, oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, teams average 4.04 runs a game in April, which was the lowest in April since mm-hmm. 81, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, as a rule of thumb, scoring picks up as the season goes along. I think last year, uh, the April average is 4.2 runs, and I think teams ended up averaging 4.53 runs a game by the end of the year. Um, it just starts off slow because of cold weather. But when you start at it with it at 4.04 or whatever, you know, that raises eyebrows. So um, Rocco did address the fact that, you know, run prevention is even more important um, if if the scoring is going to be down because you know that uh, the, the, the few runs you're scoring are going to have to count. And so you have to pitch better and play sound defense. And the Twins have that right now with one of the top five ERAs in Major League Baseball. Their defense from Jeffers catching uh, from Polanco and Correa at short and second with Buxton in center. The spine of their defense is intact. They have a steady glove man in Urshela at third. Um, and you've got a capable right fielder in Kepler. Now, it comes down to, you know, your love fielder in your first base, uh, regardless if it's Sano. Miranda or a rise at first or whoever's going to play left, whether it's Kirilov, who should be back to health here soon yeah. and joining the offense, Larnick or even Nick Gordon, who has shown to be a capable defender. Yeah. Um, this the, the defensive setup on this team is pretty solid. And you pair it with a, a pitching staff that has one of the, the top ERAs in baseball. They are equipped to be able to survive low scoring games and dead ball type games. 
Right. And you look up up the middle. Buxton is the best there is. Uh, Correa is ex- excellent. Uh, Polanco is a very good second baseman, and he has so much arm strength, he can turn the double play very easily. Jeffers is a good defender. Uh, you know, that's and they actually have some fairly athletic pitchers who can feel the position, including Joe Ryan, who fell down on the mound the other day and still made a play, which was hilarious. Um, I'm just glad he made the play on that that, that comebacker. <laughs> yes. It was going to uh, go through him if you didn't catch it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, I don't know. I just think things are setting up pretty well for this team. And, and let's face it, the biggest thing is pitching depth. They have pitching depth. And if Duran is going to be able – by the way, do you pronounce it Duran or Duran? Um, Duran. Joan okay. Duran. Joan Duran. Okay, yeah. I want to make sure I got that right. Uh, if Duran is going to handle the ninth inning or if he's going to be a force at the end of the games, I mean, the, the prospects for this team just just skyrocket. No, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I understand how the game is played now. You know, I want to see him pitch in the ninth inning and be the last – the last line of defense, the final boss, whatever you want to call it. But I know in today's baseball, um, it's also advantageous to have your most effective reliever prepared to hit the face, the most dangerous part of the lineup over the last three innings of a game. So you may see him in the seventh. You may see him in the eighth. I understand that. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not totally a fan of it, but I understand it. So, um, but yeah, he changes the whole look of that that uh, bullpen. I still think they need to go out and bring in another arm. I still like to see another uh lefty take control i think Theo bar is capable uh, i like to see um i mean giovanni moran has been called up we'll, we'll get to see if he could be a left-hander that could be of use there i just wish they had another strong arm guy and i know alcala you know is having injury problems and he may not be back for a while so i think it even behooves the twins even more to um kind of you know start shortlisting some power arms or some strong arm guys maybe they can deal for um before the deadline here, because I, I think that would really serve them well, especially in this day and age when uh, bullpen usage is at an all-time high. We got a behooves out of you as well, as well as a ballyhooed. Man, you're running down the B in your th- the B uh, in your thesaurus, and I love it. This I cannot awesome. explain. I cannot explain it. No, oh, I'm, 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 not, I'm in favor. <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> hey, one more thing too, Jim. The other thing um, we were talking about defense and run prevention and everything. Uh, the one thing also serving the Twins well is that it looks like they're going to have favorable matchups within a division for most of the season. Um, mm-hmm. There are two really horrible defensive teams in the White Sox and, and the Tigers who just threw the ball all over the place when they were in, in Minnesota earlier this year. And I don't know how, if that ever suddenly gets better. You know, uh, right. I, I think it's going to be an issue for both those squads. And the White Sox are beat up. Tony LaRusse is taking heat for how he's using the bullpen already. Um uh, the Tigers are defensively uh, deficient. The Royals, you know, are, are short on talent. They're going to be. It's all about developing, like Bobby Witt Jr. and some of the other young guys there. And Cleveland can pitch. Um, the offense is always going to be in trouble. So their problem in this month of May could be very interesting because they play a lot of division opponents this month, and they could even extend that lead they have in the division more. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a really fun season, and I really I like this team. Uh, you know, I've always liked. Falvey and Rocco and their personalities. Joe Ryan's an easy guy to root for. Buxton's an easy guy to root for. This this could be a really fun summer. Hey, let's uh, get a final thought from Lavelle. Thanks again to Corona, presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show. Uh, thanks to Perfect Ash. Thanks to TSR Injury Law. And thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. All right, Lavelle, hit me with any topic you want. Hit me with a final thought. All right, now I'm going to stick with the Twins. I want to talk about it's great to see Max Kepler show signs of life at the plate. I think yeah. his left-handed bat uh, coming around is a big development for 
for the offense here. He looks stronger. He looks confident. He's homering to the opposite field. He's getting pitches on the inner half of the plate and pulling them with authority. Um, he is dialing it back to 2019, and that is a huge development for the squad because uh, they, they needed a left-handed bat, which Roy would probably be beating his chest about right now if he was on today. Yep. Um, and, and that guy looks like it's Max Kepler. Good point. Good last point. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, again, it's going to be a fascinating season. Uh, keep listening. We appreciate it. We've added some really cool shows to TalkNorth.com, outdoor content, great sports lineup, variety shows, uh, adding a big name here soon you'll be hearing about. So thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com.